to a meaningful marketplace. I'm Sarah Massoni from Oregon State University's Food Innovation Center, where I've helped countless dreamers launch their new food products. It's the science of taking a food delight from the kitchen to mass manufacturing and still keeping its great taste. That's what I do. I've been called the woman with the million-dollar palate, although I haven't tried to cash that check yet. Listen in weekly for real-life stories. Sarah Marshall, owner of Marshall's Hot Sauce and author of Preservation Pantry, modern canning from root to top and stem to core. I love inspiring business owners to get started on their journeys, encouraging folks to be part of their local community, and I'm excited to help business owners tell their stories. Join us as we explore the journeys of women entrepreneurs in the food and beverage industry. Hello and welcome to Masonian Marshall, the meaningful marketplace. We are here weekly to discuss the journeys of female food entrepreneurs. We're glad that you joined us today as we bring you stories of hope and inspiration. This is Sarah Marshall, owner of Marshall's Hot Sauce. And Sarah Masoni of Oregon State University's Food Innovation Center. Well, Sarah, I am glad that we are together here again today. And um, this week, we're actually going to be together at an event. So I wanted to talk to people about it because we're going to talk about trade shows, um, which is where I met our guest that I'll introduce Mm -hmm. in a minute. So so let's talk about what we're doing this week at the Food Innovation Center. Yes. So Oregon State University's College of Ag is having a food and agriculture media fellowship visit at the Food Innovation Center. And we're going to have a bunch of um, media people. So it could be writers, photographers, videographers coming and exploring Oregon this week. I don't know all of the places they're going, but I know on Wednesday, they'll be spending a few hours with us here at the Food Innovation Center. And I've invited a few of our local companies to join us. Yeah, let's um, tell people who's going to be there. If you know, if you don't, it's okay. We well, can update yeah, people so, later. Um, Reva with her savories, which are the um, special food and treats she's made with people who have dysphagia, which is a swallowing disorder. She'll be here. Yeah. Lucinda Whitaker with Great Life by Lucinda. She has the dry um, veggie burger mix and soup mix. She does a nice job with that. And I'm then- so glad that she's going to be there because I haven't seen her since we did the... Um- pre-pandemic specialty food association event. So yeah, so I actually had dinner with her on Friday and she's like, Sarah Marshall tried to meet up with me when she was at the (laughs) beach. I'm like, well, you'll see her on Wednesday. So she's looking forward to chatting with you. Then Holly Ong of Sabejo, she'll be here. Love Holly. Yeah, awesome. Uh, Mindful Proteins, Jacoba, um, they have a special beverage they've made with um, whey protein isolate for yoga people who do yoga. So they were on our, they were like, uh, one of our first five guests or something when they were just getting ready to launch the product. So I'm excited to try it now that they're, they've got it going. Yeah. And then Portland salt company, Rebecca, she joined us at the New York fancy food show. She's sending a representative to show some of their salt products. And then of course you, Sarah Marshall I will be of there. Marshall's Hot Sauce <laughs> will be joining us. I also wanted to just give people a tip and trick about this time of year when you're harvesting so much stuff from your home garden. Oh, yeah. What is it? What do you got for us? Um, my tip and trick is that when you have too much stuff, you just wash it real quick, dry it off, throw it in a gallon size Ziploc bag and put it in the freezer. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
And because then, what know, kind of stuff are you harvesting right now like that that you're putting in the freezer? Well, I I wish I had a bumper crop of tomatoes, but often I'll put tomatoes in the bag and then yeah. I can make tomato sauce with them later when they thaw out the skins just peel right off and you mm-hmm. can just throw them in a pot and make some great spaghetti sauce. And then I've also put peppers in the freezer and I know you store your peppers in the freezer too. Yeah, totally. I mean, we do that. We freeze all kinds of stuff because I think a lot of things freeze really well. So yeah. that's one of them. And the I things think- that I think don't freeze well are like herbs and stuff. So that I'll usually like dry on a salt block or just put them in a paper bag and hang them, you know, to you dry should out. see my um, fennel is crazy. I have a bunch of flower buds and I found out from Vitaly Paley that they are really great for seasoning. Oh yeah. And so I go out there in the garden and I pick some flowers and I eat them. I'm like, Ooh, these are really good. No wonder there's so many honeybees swarming around them. Yeah. Well, I mean, fennel pollen is very <clears throat> a very chefy ingredient to use, but that's all it really is. It's just the flower off the top of your own I know. Fennel. So then I was like, okay, because we planted some onions too, and we have a lot of onion flowers. And yeah. I was like, ooh, I wonder what the onion flowers taste like. So I was picking the little buds off the yeah. onion ball, and they're delicious they're too. They're great. I like to put them in salads. Yeah. So don't, as a home gardener, don't be afraid. We always give some gardening tips. Don't be afraid to let things go. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you have flowers and stuff coming off of foods that you eat, you can actually eat those too. I guess that's the big message. Yeah. Good. Good message. Hot garden tip from Sarah (laughs) Masoni. I'm kind of new at it actually. And yeah, don't think I'm an expert. I'm kind of new. I still can't get my carrots to grow. And yeah, my radish hard. is all bolted. I think I might have a few beets, but other than that. Well, we've had some weird weather. A lot of things bolted. This isn't your typical garden weird. garden weather. Yeah, I think I have a couple zucchinis and uh, I've had quite a few cucumbers. So I actually had cucumber, I had fresh onion and basil salad yesterday. Oh. I know we should try to, we should try to make us, we made a hot sauce last year. We should do something again together. Yeah. I have a whole bunch of peppers coming in from the Missoni garden. (laughs) Yeah. Let's do it again. That should be an annual thing. Sounds good. Well, we have a quick word from our sponsor and then I'm going to introduce our special guest. Okay. Marketed Choice is a proud sponsor of Meaningful Marketplace because we believe in the power of local entrepreneurs so much so that we carry more than 7,000 locally made, raised, farmed, and harvested foods in our stores. Our passion is to help local makers, farmers, ranchers, and fisher folk realize their potential through programs that we help them succeed. Thank you, Market of Choice. Yeah, thanks, Market of Choice. We're so glad you sponsor our show and all of our wonderful entrepreneurs. We are joined in this studio today by Kia Nelson, the owner of K Bloody Mary Mix, a spicy, savory, stimulating mix made with love in New York City. Hello, Kia. We love New York. We're so glad that you joined us today, all the way from New York. You know, we have a lot of local guests, but we love when we can have people from other places. So thanks for joining us. No, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, We like our listeners to be able to find you online and follow along on your journey. So can you tell people where to find you on Instagram, online, things like that? Um, Yeah. So the website is 
K, just the letter K, kbloodymarymix.com. And on Instagram and Facebook, it's kbloodymarymix. And on Twitter, it's just kbloodymary. Perfect. So let's just kick right off by talking about your Bloody Mary mix. Let's tell people about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So my mix is uh, my own invention, my own recipe. Um, I was in hospitality for over 20 years and I come from a long line of Bloody Mary lovers and snobs. So I've been drinking Virgin Mary since basically I could swallow. <laughs> um, and so I created this mix and it is organic and vegan and gluten-free and I make it in small batches by hand in Brooklyn. Um, it has no additives, no preservatives, no colors, no dyes. Um, it is a good food award winner and also won an award uh, gold medal from 50 best last year in 2021, which is amazing. Um, and it's perfect out of the bottle by itself over ice as a Virgin Mary or mixed with any spirit. So, you know, not just vodka, but it works with uh, rum, gin, tequila, sake, beer, whiskey, mezcal, moonshine. I've done it with all of them. It works with all of them. So for those people who who are at home bartenders or mixologists but aren't necessarily great at uh, trying to figure out how to combine a whole bunch of ingredients to make a great cocktail, this is something that you just need the spirit of your choice, ice, the glass, and then my mix, and you've got yourself a perfect Bloody Mary or Michelada or Bloody Heru or, again, whatever it is that you that you prefer to drink. So, and again, or you can just drink it over ice by itself and and have a Virgin Mary. And oh, that's really good. It. And that's what I did. So so we met at the um, Good, Good Food Awards mm -hmm. Mercantile in, in, in Brooklyn. New York. Yeah. Oh. yeah, in Brooklyn. That's where we met. We were kind of like across the rows from each yes. other. Yes. Okay. So um, so Kay gifted me a bottle of her delicious Bloody Mary mix, which I hadn't eaten, of course, because this is like what I always do. I get too busy and I'm <laughs> loading my stuff and I had to figure out how to get to New York and unload my cart and all of this stuff. So I just <laughs> drank her Bloody Mary mix as my breakfast because uh -huh. that it just on its own straight out of the bottle. I opened uh -huh. it up there at the show, drank it. And it's great because it has all it's spicy. It like filled my belly. It gave me energy. It's got all this. Made oh, it, it was like fiber and nutrition. The perfect even. thing. Yeah. And then the next day I with my brother, we were like getting ready, I think, then to go to the Special Food Association. So it was like same deal. Didn't have time to like go anywhere. So I'm like, let's drink some of this mix with our coffee. So we had coffee. We just drank the Bloody Mary mix on its own. It's so good. It's Thank perfect you. by itself. Thank you you. It's kind of a brunch with it. it. Yeah. A it one like item brunch. <laughs> My drinkable <laughs> breakfast. It was great. So so I wanted to talk just about since I just brought up um, where I met you at, at the yeah. at the Good Food Award. So you won a Good Food Award. Let's I tell, did. I let's did. Tell people what that means and what that means for you as a business owner. Um, what it means to me is, well, I mean, for those people who don't know about the Good Food um, they're an absolutely amazing organization um, and their focus is on sustainability and, um, and, 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 and things being done ethically. Um, they stand behind growers, makers, producers who put in the time and put in the effort and to make sure that their product, their product that they're producing is of high quality um, and, and, and good for your health and, and good for the environment um, and good for small producers and good for 
for foodies and good for people who are just getting into understanding exactly how important sustainability and farming and food is in our greater uh, ecological environment and world. Um, and so when I started producing, when I decided I was going to actually start making the mix and trying to figure out how I was going to make it and what I was going to use and how I was going to bottle it, it was super important to me that I did it as cleanly as I could and in, in a way that again, was environmentally as best as I could, which is why I package in glass, because it is not only reusable, but it's also recyclable and upcyclable. Um, and I wanted to make sure that I used uh, organic ingredients and non-GMO ingredients and uh, vegan ingredients for those people who have taken those steps to, to go to a, uh, a vegan, healthier, generally healthier whole foods diet. Um, I wanted to make sure there was no additives or preservatives or chemicals and dyes in the mix. Um, again, for not just for the people's health, but for, for the planet's health. And so Good Food stands behind makers and producers and farmers, like I said, who, who have that same ethos. So winning the award, knowing that the tasters, um, the blind tasters, thought enough of the product, thought enjoyed the product enough um, that they felt that I was they deemed it good enough to actually win um, meant, meant a lot. It meant everything actually. And um, you know, it boosted it, it. I was, I was always confident in the product. People have always told me how much they enjoy the product and like the product. And, and uh, you know, I was already in business and I was already selling. So it wasn't a question of, you know, I need this in order to be able to justify having the business or sustaining the business or doing the business. It was more or less just, it gave me the, it gave me the booster I needed to say, this is something that people who do this for a living, they taste things for a living. Like they thought it. it was great, right? They gave yeah. you the tops. They gave you the top award. Yeah. Just yeah. a little background on the Good Food Foundation that was established by a bunch of um retail buyers that were interested in having curated selections for them that met all of the criteria that that Kia was talking about, that artisan makers would take the time to be sustainable and have beautiful foods, you know, manufactured and prepared for them to put on their shelves. And I noticed that you're in the Bruno Brothers. Yes, yes. I'm actually there originally. So that was Yeah. Awesome. So De Bruno <laughs> Brothers is one of the founding um, groups that actually supports the Good Food Foundation. So I think that's pretty cool that you're in their stores. Yes, thank you. Yeah, that was actually a full circle moment for me. I got to tell you, <laughs> like being born and raised in Philly. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Brooklyn. I love New York. Um, but I still, I still, Philly's still home. Um, uh -huh. And I'm still there all the time, actually. I yeah. still have my place there. And so when I, uh, when I met with them and they decided to pick it up, it was really a full circle, circle moment for me, having been born and raised there and, and seeing their stores and seeing them expand and going into their stores and shopping. And it was really full circle because their flagship location on Chestnut Street, um, which is on the ground floor, although the restaurant is on the second floor, that building, that actual exact location, uh, back in 1994, I actually started teaching aerobics at the gym that was in that building before. The oh room. my gosh. So did you go down there and get your salad or your smoothie? No, they were not there yet. We had the building. As oh. a matter of fact, it was a Chinese restaurant on the car. <laughs> oh my gosh. The gym was the second, third, second, third, and fourth floors. Okay. 
And so you had to go up a flight of steps to get to the first floor of the gym. Um, and there, so yeah, there was a Chinese restaurant right there at the bottom on the corner. And then next to that uh, was a shoe store. Okay. And so, yeah, I mean, talk about full circle when it was like <laughs> my first job, my first career was in this building. Which, yeah. and that's the first place you were in a retail location then? Is well, that what happened? No, um, my first retail location in Philadelphia, but my first job was teaching aerobics. Yeah. Okay. You know, so that was really teenager. So that was like my very first job was in this building. And now my first store that my product gets to be in in Philadelphia is it again in this building. <laughs> Whoa, that's so cool. I, that's I, pretty cool. I love when there's like special moments like that, where it just like lets you know that you're doing what you should be doing, you know, because it's like yeah. when those tie in happens, they feel really special. I, I'm telling you. I ended up having my sauce like in Timberline Lodge, which is like this iconic lodge here in, 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 you know, in Oregon. But, oh my gosh. And but you that lived was up there. I lived up there. That was where my first job was. And oh, so when they ended up carrying my sauce in the gift <laughs> shop, I was like, this is <laughs> so weird. Like, <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's just like a cool feeling. It is. It is. So, Kia, I was reading your about us on your website and you have this statement in there that is a true sign of entrepreneurship. It says, friends and guests told me that I had to just bottle and sell it. Uh-huh. And when you have a product that everyone loves so much, they tell you to bottle and sell it. That's yeah. a true indicator that it's time to really consider, should I be making this and selling it? Yeah. Um, except for me, because it was, you know, family and friends, I didn't actually take them seriously. <laughs> well, <laughs> those people I end mean, up being your first, your first customer. I mean, it's true because usually we give our yummy stuff to those people for free. And so mm. it's really hard to know, is it because I'm giving it to them for free or is it really good? Yeah. And so then you sort of have to venture outside of your circle and start sharing with people you don't know. And then if they all say, oh, yeah, you should bottle and sell this, then you know for sure that it's for real. Yeah. I mean, and that's kind of what it was. So it wasn't it was a version of of the one I bottled. Um, I was one of the opening bartenders of a restaurant in Battery Park uh, here in New York and Manhattan. And um, so I had created some of the cocktails on their cocktail menu. And one of the cocktails I created was their Bloody Mary. And so I make a batch of it before I would leave for my days off and I'd come back and it'd be gone. I mean, I make a batch and it's in the financial district kind of. So it's not really all that busy there um, during the day and certainly not on the weekends. And so, you know, I was making enough where I figured, you know, for those people who do come in, whatever, it's enough. I come back and be gone. And was it gallons and gallons? I mean, it, I don't, I, I actually don't know exactly how much, but it was that, you know what I mean? A like I was, pot. I was taking court, pot of it. big court containers and filling <laughs> them in, in, you know, the big plastic court containers you get at the restaurant depot and stuff and be like, okay, put it in the, in the walk-in. You guys got it for the, you know, for the next four days, you know, I'll make more when I come back and I get back and it's gone or be like very little. And I'm like, what are, are you guys bathing in it? Like what's happening? <laughs> 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 And there were like, people love it. And like, once they order one, they order another. And then they were start telling me that people started asking if they could buy it by the like court container. Or yeah. Like, and they wanted to take, container, it take it home. Yeah. And I was like, okay, maybe my friends and family had something here. Like maybe I yeah. should consider See? it. See what but I'm yeah. saying? 
But when my friends and family were saying it, I was just like, yeah, whatever. You don't believe them. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and talk about where people can get your product and how you manufacture it. So we'll be right back. Oregon State University's College of Agricultural Sciences and the Food Innovation Center are proud sponsors of Meaningful Marketplace. With a mission to serve all Oregonians, we are committed to giving voice to those whose food and agricultural stories are not always heard. By providing access and opportunity for a more diverse and just food system, because food brings people together. Okay, Kia, can you tell us a little bit about these delicious ingredients you're using? I see, um, I actually read a review on that. I think you won in the top 50 or something, some kind of an award, and they actually did um, kind of articulate how it tastes, like what the nose is, the palate, and the finish. Yeah. And they talk about tasting ripe tomatoes, brown sugar, you know, a little bit of vinegar, fresh celery and all that stuff. So how did you come up with the ingredients that you're using in your product? Um, well, I have to say, again, this was another one of those blind taster things. Right. So um, I just sent the product in, the tasters tasted it and they picked up on what they picked up on. Um, and I, I remember reading that uh, review when it came in and I was laughing because I was like, well, what's really funny is there is no brown sugar. There's no added <laughs> sugar at all. Actually, all the sugar comes from the fruit, the fruit, right? The mm-hmm. tomato and, you know, the lemon juice and lime juice. Um, so I, I, I did think that was funny um, because and, and, and I get this a lot. It's kind of like a piece of artwork where you. You know, you have an idea come into your head, you put it together, and then you have all of these people commenting on the artwork saying, oh, right. I think they were thinking this, and they were right. thinking yeah. that, and you didn't yep. even think any of those things. Exactly, 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 <laughs> exactly. Um, and so, yeah, and so I get people who say all kinds of like, oh, yeah, I can, I can taste the smoke. There's no smoke in it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can taste I, the vinegar. Oh, there's some olive juice in it, but not actual vinegar. Um, you know, and they taste all of these things that are, that are actually not in the mix, which is really funny, but again, it just goes back to everybody's palate's different. And, and no matter whether what you think is in it is in it or not, the fact that your taste buds, your palate says it's good and I like it and I want more. That's the part that matters to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think it's just a very exciting, I mean, the way that you describe it too, is that it's, um, you know, it's savory and stimulating. And I think that is a really good description because it's not, you know, you don't, you wouldn't just taste it and be like, yeah, it's tomatoes and hot sauce or it's right. tomatoes and like, um, you know, a spice blend or something. I think there is a lot going on. And I think, I think people tasting all different things is a sign that your recipe is great because it means that they're excited. They don't have to exactly know what it is, of course, of but course. they, but they're just experiencing something fun, you know, which yep. I think is really nice. Mm-hmm. So do I, so do I. And in terms of coming up with the recipe, you know, again, as I stated in the beginning, like, you know, I worked in hospitality for over 20 years and, and, and a little more than half of that time was actually behind the bar. I mean, I've also been a GM and a floor manager and a bar manager and all that stuff too, but mm-hmm. most of that time was, was actually spent behind the bar. So I've made Bloody Mary mixes for restaurants and bars in Miami and New York and Philadelphia and Charlotte, um, North Carolina. And so it wasn't something, it wasn't a recipe that just popped into my head. In a sense, it's kind of evolved over time. Mm-hmm. You know, That's and of true. course, working with the ingredients I had on hand at any particular restaurant because they don't necessarily always have the same stuff. 
Um, so it was something that I've been doing for a while. And like I said, I've been drinking Virgin Mary since I was a child because my whole family loves Bloody Marys. Um, and so I've tasted so many different versions mm -hmm. as well. Um, and I feel like at times I'm trying to single-handedly bring back the reputation of Bloody Marys from the 70s and the 80s and bartenders would actually make them like to order per order behind the bar versus mm -hmm. where we're at now with these bottomless brunch bars and they just give you some really horrible tomato juice and yeah. Vermont and call it a Bloody Mary. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, um, can you tell us, so you're making this yourself. So yes. do you have a shared use kitchen or where yes. do you make this product? I do. I use a shared kitchen uh, in Sunset Park, Brooklyn. And cool. how do you, so in Oregon, when we use a shared use kitchen, everyone who uses it has to get their own license to yep. manufacture. Is that the it's same in same your thing? Same thing. Yep. So you have an inspector and they're coming in and they're checking all your things, making sure you're doing it right. Yep. I actually just went through my new inspection because the kitchen I'm currently using um, is new to me. The kitchen I was using for the years prior, unfortunately, died right after COVID. Um, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. yeah. And so the managers of that kitchen I was originally using opened up their own kitchen. Much oh, oh, that's, that's yeah. And very that's close. Yeah. That's good. I've heard that from a few people um, in, in Portland, but all over that it was very hard to have, of course, these community spaces during COVID because you have people coming and going and like everybody's trying to have things safe Not or like isolate. All that stuff. So, yeah, yeah. So a lot of them have closed, but I'm glad yeah, to hear yeah. that, that your managers kept kept you on and took you yes. to their new space. Yes. That's great. Yes. That which was, which was amazing. And cause I was actually as most, I'm sure a lot of people who went through what I went through was freaking out to be honest. I was like, yeah, I, it's hard. Like, I can't, you know, I have to be able to get into a commercial space. Like I can't do this at home. Yeah. And um, you know, spaces. And I wanted, I wanted to make sure I kept it in Brooklyn because I do know other makers who, who ended up um, going into Queens actually. Mm, um, yeah. There's quite a few things opening up in the Queens area, in the Queens area. So I had friends of mine who were in Harlem, who went to Queens. I had friends of mine in Brooklyn who went to kitchens mm -hmm. in Queens, and I really didn't want to do that. I really wanted to to keep it in Brooklyn. Yeah. So when they so, opened up their own place, that was great. That's so good. is your product shelf stable then? Yes, it is through Cornell. Oh, great! So Sarah's sauces are shelf stable too. So you both took the Better Process Control School. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. we have yeah. a lot of a lot of listeners that are either dreaming up a product or already in business. So we like to talk about the um, certifications that people yeah. need and, gotcha. and, and why they need them. And sometimes from state to state there, they vary. But I think between Oregon and New York, it's pretty, pretty, pretty similar. similar. Yeah, Cornell. You need to do it. Yeah. In a licensed place, you need to get your better process control license yeah. and then have it have an inspector approve it. So it seems like pretty much yeah. the same. Sometimes in, in California, the, the rules are a little different, um, especially with tomatoes. If you're doing anything with tomatoes, you have to have this special license. But we I was about to say yeah. that. I do have to go. So I have I have a well, I, I don't I shouldn't say I have, but there is a special acidic yeah. inspector. Yeah, yeah, acidified foods. So yeah. it's, mm -hmm. it's considered acidified because you're adding some things that have acid together exactly. with things that don't. Yeah. And I did not know when I started this business and uh, went into it that I was going to revisit um, middle school and high school chemistry and yeah. have to do a pH test. Yeah. Every batch I make before. So you have <laughs> yeah. your own pH meter? That's cool. Yeah. 
Yes, I do. And I and have all of my, you know, my, my 7.01 and my 4.01 solutions and my storage solution, my cleaning solution. And I do it every batch and I keep a book and a record of what the pH is for every batch. And oh, yeah, great. I did not know I was going to go through that when I started this business. <laughs> there was a lot of things I didn't know I was going to go through. So are started, you so. able to, do you just hot fill and hold or do you have to, I do. you don't have yeah. to pasteurize? No, I just hot fill and hold. Sarah, you pasteurize yours, don't you? I do. But, you know, um, when I built the business, it was based in canning and preserving. And that was the piece that I was really wanting to carry on and to spread that message of home canning. So but if I I could get the approval to do it um, as a hot fill and hold. But but I do it this way because that's part of my story and my journey and part of what I wanted to do. So. So mm-hmm. you're basically you're hot filling it, but you're just holding it in a water bath. So you know exactly that it's at yeah. that temperature. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But not a lot of, you know, not a lot of sauce producers do it that way. They, they hot fill and hold, but I yeah. actually pa- pasteurize. So, and, and really it's just because when I started, there weren't a lot of people that were approved in the city to hot fill and hold it, it just was so long ago. There weren't, yeah. you know, those licenses weren't there. So, so I was like, here's how I make it. And they were like, okay. And I've just kept it that same way. So, yeah, I mean, there's some good, good and bad about everything. It just, I think, you know, as long as you get the process approved, you're fine. Yeah. 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 And yeah. you have to have your pH below 4.2, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's four, 4.1 usually is, is what, um, is ODA what recommends, but, um, you know, I think it's probably mine actually has to be lower than that. Mine has what to is be- yours? trying to think of it off the top of my head. Right like now. Three point, like, it's like 3.98. Yeah. Or yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. It's a little bit lower than four. I mean, because, you know, when you check the pH, it can always equilibrate a little bit higher when the product sits on the shelf. So yeah. sometimes the target, when you check it, when you make it, it's a little bit lower and then yeah. that'll yeah. make sure that it's under 4.2. Yeah. Yeah. And the, you know, the key piece for everybody is just make sure those safety steps are in place for everybody. (laughs) Make sure that you have your, have your license there. Um, I wanted to tell people where to be able to go if they want to get your bloody Mary mix. Do they buy it? Especially, you know, we have a lot of listeners here in Oregon. So if they're wanting it, is the best place to go to your website? Where should they go? The best place is to go to my website because the website, not only can you order it online, um, and if you order online, I do tell, I do like to let people know that, um, if, if you're doing the, uh, smaller bottle, which is 12 ounces, um, I can fit up to three bottles into a box that has the same shipping cost. Oh, so use USPS. If it, if it fits, it ships kind of deal. Mm-hmm. So, that's cool. Um, sorry. That's like, ah, four smalls, my bad, four smalls <laughs> in one box. Um, and then two uh, larges, which are 25 ounce bottles. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always tell people if you're going to go online and, and order, because they, as you mentioned, it's shelf stable. So, and I'm in the kitchen often. So pretty much any, any bottles you get are going to be good unopened for about a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just go ahead and order more than one bottle. So you have it and you don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Um, and then anything more than that, you know, I ship through, through UPS and I can go as high as a case at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do also have a little discount shipping for that as well. Um, and then it also has a list of stores. Unfortunately, I'm not in any stores out in Oregon yet. Um, I'm hoping to be soon. Uh, but it does have a list of store locations. Um, and uh, there's some restaurants as well uh, here in the city. And that uh, 
in upstate New York that also use my my Bloody Mary mix as their mix. So there are that's cool. Where you have to go out and, and enjoy it at the bar at the restaurant. That's great that that um, people can go and do that and experience it because it also keeps you connected to that industry that you've been part of for so exactly. long so that you can exactly. still have your mixes out there. That's awesome. Now, there's a thing I noticed on your website. It says proudly created by a female entrepreneur and bartender BIPOC woman owned business. Can you talk about what that means for you? Um, again, everything. I think it's a big deal. Personally, <laughs> myself, deal. I think it's a big deal. It's a very big deal. It's a very big deal. Um, it means everything. Um, I didn't ever think I was going to start a business. It wasn't my intention. I didn't set out to do it. It wasn't something that when I was younger, I was like, oh, I know what I'm going to do when I get older. Mm-hmm. Um, that was not a thing. Um, this is something that literally happened through, in a sense, circumstance, through having something that I was meek, that I was drinking as a child with a family who loved it, mm-hmm. who then grew up to be in an industry that makes it and working at places that allowed me to make it. And then having people tell me, technically tell my bosses, because I wasn't there, how much they loved it and wanted it. And that sparked this. So it wasn't, so to be able to, to think my life was going to be one thing. And I love hospitality. I've always loved hospitality. I will always love hospitality. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was what I thought I was going to do forever. And I didn't think I'd ever own because I've, I've been in the business long enough to know I don't ever want to own a restaurant or a bar. Mm-hmm. That's a big yeah. commitment. It's yeah. hard, man. Yeah. Hard. Yeah. Run one? Sure. Own one? No, thank yeah. you. Um, yeah. We so have lots of friends who used to own <laughs> yeah. restaurants and bars, right, Sarah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's what I thought I was going to do. That's what I thought I was going to do for my life. And I was perfectly happy and content with the idea of it because I love it. Um, but then to to take something that I love, something that people love and, and make it what I do every day. And it's my own. And I did it by myself. You know, I don't have backers. I don't have investors. I didn't want them. Um, I wanted to be able to scale the business the way I wanted to scale it. I wanted to manufacture the way I wanted to manufacture. I wanted to make sure that I kept it pure and have my own thing and, and, and be in a minority that is growing um, from all of the horrors and uprisings that have happened over the last few years. We're now being a BIPOC and female owned business is actually a good thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's actually something that people are looking for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Running from. Yeah. Um, is first of all, it's mind blowing. Um, you know, I'll be 45 next week and, uh, there's a group you need to join. It's called includedcpg.com. It's for BIPOC leaders in the CPG industry. It's only for founders and they have, um, they have the first time ever a pavilion at the fancy food show in New York this last summer. Mm-hmm. And you would be a perfect candidate to join that group and maybe get a spot at the fancy food show. Okay. All right. I will definitely look into that. And you, if you want to look into it, there's a guy in your community um, that kind of set it up. Who nice. has killer, killer cocktails. I think his, his company's called. Okay. Jamari Pinkard. All right. I and will he's in Brooklyn. Oh, all right. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, Brooklyn's really big, so that's (laughs) near me, but it's cool. But he's there. He's there in New York and he's one of the founders. So you need to connect with him. Yeah, I certainly will. I certainly will. But yeah, I mean, you know, this is the first time in my lifetime that I can remember where um, being a being a woman of color was was something that was sought after for more than just a token. So, um, yeah, it's kind of huge, actually. It's huge. That's what I wanted to ask you about it. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, you mentioned your family and and having, you know, your family be into Bloody Marys and this thing. And you've created this business that embodies your family members and that you can share with them. And I just think it's um, an asset. Yeah. And it's something to be really proud of. And so Mm -hmm. I think it's wonderful that you've created this this business that you can um, now carry into other places that and it's your own. It's not you exactly. working for someone you else, exactly. you know? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. it's beautiful. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. So good job. I'm glad that you took you. something beautiful that you made and turned it into your own biz and your own thing. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I didn't think, like I said, I didn't think I would. It wasn't something I planned on, but <laughs> the fact that I've done it, that's, you know, I, I, I do remind myself and I say to other people because yeah, I do have people who ask me, um, who are thinking about starting their own business and they ask me questions and stuff. And I do say it all the time. Like if it was easy, everybody would do it. Sure. And you know, there are times when I think if I knew then what I know now, right. But um, I was just thinking something that might be fun for you to, um, is to do one of Kia's uh, recipes on that website thing, Sarah, where you do, don't you do like, a, it's like a kitchen demo sort of thing. Is it through Instagram? Oh yeah. No, through Kitsch, that one. That yeah. Did. Yeah. Why yeah. So to collaborate on that. I know we should for sure. So, mm-hmm. so Kia, I cook on this cooking platform, but I mean, really, I think since, because of your bartending experience, you could Kia create your own channel. Yeah. Um, so it's a cooking platform where, um, you cook on there and you post things every week and people can jump on and join you. And there's a lot of like celebrity chefs on it and stuff. And, um, Sarah was doing it all on Instagram and then you learned about this other platform, right? And then I switched over. And I think why it would be great for you is because you can not only promote your product, but you can post up recipes for other drinks. And there's not, there's a couple bartenders on there, but not a lot. And I think that I know that it's really great to be in the room with you. You're a very fun and lively personality. Knowing from working an event with you, I think that people would love to join. And then they they pop on the screen and they just ask you questions and interact with you. And I think you would be like an asset to it. So thank you. I think you yeah, should check it out. You know I think you dig Sarah, it. Sarah has set up a little studio in her home kitchen and she yeah. has, she knows how to do that. Like she can tell you exactly what you need. Like you need a tripod and you need a this yeah. and a light there and all this kind of stuff. And so it wouldn't be very difficult for you to get set up with your own little kitchen bar or whatever it is you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you dig it. It's fun. You'd make a lot of sales of your product there. Yeah. I bet. Yeah. Actually, I have a bar downstairs in my house. In my apartment. Oh, there you go. There you yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. come on. I have to have a bar in my apartment. I mean, <laughs> I'm assigning Sarah as your Sarah's your kitchen mentor. Yeah, I guess I guess that's it. Sarah just gave me a job to do. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So let's do it. I love it. I love it. 
Um, I also I I love that on your website you have a playlist of um, oh yeah I didn't what, have time to look yeah of what you're currently listening to because I think that's the nice thing about um you know when you create your own business you really want people to get to know you as an entrepreneur and as a person and I think music is a great way for that to it's happen so because, illustrative yeah. isn't it yeah. I think it's really fun. I have, I don't see that on very many makers sites. So when I saw that, I was like, Oh, cool. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, yeah. cool. I'm actually, so something to look forward to, uh, if you're a jazz head. Um, so I actually just got back from the Newport jazz festival. Uh, my boyfriend and I, my dad, um, go every year as a threesome. Um, my dad is huge jazz lover, which got me and my brothers into jazz growing up as well. Yeah. And so upcoming in September, there will be a jazz playlist added to my site. For those people who want to wake up on a Sunday morning, mellow, chill, <laughs> listen to some great jazz, make themselves a little breakfast, have a, a, a Bloody Mary or Bloody Maria or whatever it is that they, Virgin Mary, whatever it is, sit back, listen, and like zen. I love it. Yeah. So that'll be, that's, that's coming up. I have the songs. I just have to actually like put them into uh, a full list and put them on Spotify and, and add yeah. it to the website. But that, is, that will be coming in the next few weeks. So look out for, for that. And I want to continue to create playlists because I, I want it, I do want it to be an entire experience, right? Like yeah. I want it to be, as I work on other products and I, I, I'm, you know, they have ideas and things I want to do to expand the business the end of the day, I kind of want it to be a lifestyle. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and so, yeah, I do. I, I want you to have this creative idea of like, I'm not just going to be boring and have a bloody Mary. I'm going to have it with mezcal. Right. Yeah. By the <laughs> way, my new favorite way of having it, the smoking is mezcal with it. It is amazing. And I want you to be like, and I'm having a cookout or I'm just chilling at home on a weekend morning or I'm doing, and now there's a playlist to go with it. And, and again, as I come out with more products, there'll be other things to add. And, and, and I'm going to try this recipe with it and do this with it too. And, and I want it, I do, I want, I want you to be able to have like an entire afternoon or entire evening or entire morning that is based on a blood on, on Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary mix, however you choose to enjoy it. That's good. Yeah, I think it's fun. I think um, everyone should check that out. Check out the current playlist, but then look for future ones because oh, I think they'll be they'll be a good way to connect with you. Um, we like to ask what you need from your community. So how all of us can support you. What's the best way for us to support you and your biz? Um, oh, best way? I've done only one? No. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Well, you, you, I mean, of course it's always to buy your product and we know that, but if there's more or other things that you want specifically, just let us know. Okay. Um, to support would be, and, and this is actually on the website as well. There is a form there that you can print out and fill out, take to your local grocer, um, and give it to the manager or the buyer, um, and, and request that they carry the product in store. So that's one thing besides buying directly from me that, that they could, that you could certainly do. Um, and another thing that you can do is, is um, just keep, keep supporting small businesses. I actually, again, I do a lot of in-person events and I just did one this past weekend and I do them almost every weekend. And I love being in person because I love seeing people's reactions in the moment. I love getting feedback from people instantly. And when people do purchase, um, 
the one thing I always say is besides, you know, thank you is thank you for supporting small businesses because it matters. Like we need, mm-hmm. you. we need people. Yeah. Um, you know, whether it's a small business owned by a woman or a woman of color or a person of color or a man, or it doesn't matter. Um, I say specifically just small businesses, just keep going out there and supporting small businesses because when we do better individually, we all grow our community and we all do better as a group. Um, and I know that people want things instantly. They want the instant gratification. They want things really inexpensively and cheap. And I get that, you know, people, the economy is horrible and people struggle and you don't always have the money to invest in, in better quality things. But when you can, when you can, please do. Cause it matters. It matters yeah. a lot. I think that's great. And I think it's, it, you know, gives, gives us all something to do to think about to help each other because I think it's true and I think other yeah. small small business owners a lot of times are our best supporters because they understand what it's like mm-hmm. to live to live this life and how important it is to go to those those shows even if you can't afford to buy anything just to come and yep. to chat and to bring some joy and liveliness to it because sometimes no one will come to them you know and then it's right. like depressing for us all so I think um yeah I think that gives us all something that we can do so I did take your one of the hot not the basil one the other one the other hot sauce I got from you um to the Mexican restaurant by my house that I was planning on going to (laughs) I've become that woman I said I wasn't going to become which is the woman who now carries her own hot sauce in her purse oh my gosh (laughs) I have become that woman I figure, listen, if it's good enough for Beyonce and Oprah, it's good enough for me. Right? Right? Um, and also because I just don't have a chance to cook at home as often as I do. Like if I don't take it out with me, I actually added a third shelf to my hot sauce cabinet. So I'm pushing around 80 hot sauces now. Oh my like, gosh. I literally take them out of my house to restaurants so I can use them so I can make more space in my shelf. So I took yours to this a great Mexican place. Uh, it's on really Avenue. good on chips. And the, the server, he was not our server that night. We were actually sitting at the bar, but he's been my server in the past and he's lovely. And whenever he's working and I'm in, because I always bring hot sauces with me, he always stops by and tries them. He loved it. And um, <laughs> I was telling him I had just gotten it. I had just met you. And, um, and I had to come in and have my, my vegan tacos. And, um, and yeah, so I took your, took your hot sauce with me to Mitzi Mitzi um, and sat at the bar with it on the bar fully displayed because I don't care that they don't care that I bring my own hot sauce. So I don't care that it's there <laughs> and, <laughs> and enjoyed your hot sauce day of on my vegan tacos. And it was amazing. <laughs> I, I love that. And Good that's for you. like, we all have to like support each other and help spread the word, even if it's just one hot sauce bottle at a time. Oh, yeah, a bar, like. <laughs> hey, I've been out to dinner with Sarah and she has little two ounce bottles that she carries around for her and she didn't have a purse with her. So she's like, hey, put this in your purse. We're going to give it. <laughs> we're going to give it to the restaurant tour. And I was like, OK, yeah, I, I do that. Time. I do that. I bring it around. I've always got hot sauce in my bag. <laughs> You can't it's important, man. To me, yeah. it's important. I'm like, I need my hot sauce. Like I can't, <laughs> I can't just be having whatever's in your, no, no, I need, <laughs> I need, I need to have what I know I want. That's and good. I like, <laughs> yeah, I love it. Risky. My Bloody Mary mix. I, I'm certainly not going to go to somebody else's bar, go to somebody's bar and have somebody else's mix. So I take yeah. my small bottle with me. Yeah. They don't care about the mixer. They care about the liquor. 
Well, ladies, unfortunately, it's that time that I hate, which is where I have to wrap it up because we're out of time. So, Kia, I'm so glad that you could join us today. Everybody, go to the website, kbloodymarymix.com, right? Yeah. Or in the notes in our outline, you'll see all the links you need. Yeah, links are, are provided. You can go there. You can order her stuff. I'm so glad that you were a guest on the show. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Really. I really appreciate it and enjoyed it. (laughs) Good. We record Missoni and Marshall live every week. You can find us on your favorite podcast platforms like iTunes and Stitcher. Thank you to our audio engineer, Lon, and our production assistant, Chelsea. If you want to be a guest on the show, you can send us a DM on our Instagram at Missoni and Marshall, and we will be back next week. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Bye. Bye for now. You're listening to the Startup Radio Network. Listen, learn, launch. 10% of our gross revenue goes directly to women entrepreneurs in developing countries around the world through Kiva's microfinance program.